0: Life, if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life, and Absalom made Amasa captain of the army instead of Joab. This Amasa was the son of a man whose name was Jethra, an Israelite, who had gone in to Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Zeruiah, Joab's mother. So Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. Now it happened, when David had come to Mahanaim, that Shobi the son of Nahash, from Rabbah, of the people of Ammon, Makar, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite from Rogelim, brought beds and basins, earthen vessels and wheat, barley and flour, parched grain and beans, lentils and parched seeds, honey and curds, sheep and cheese of the herd for David and the people who were with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. So anyway, once again, the Lord brought provision to his people who were under covenant. These people, new covenant, they could see the covenant on David. Ahithophel could not. Absalom can't see the covenant on David. But these people here that were just got mentioned, they could. And so they brought provision to God's covenant people. Isn't that good? God was working to uphold his promise. He was working to provide for his people after they went over to the place called Mahanaim. I, again, I hope I'm saying that right. I think I am. But Mahanaim is a very interesting place that I want us to read about from earlier in history in Genesis 32 and 1. So Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Okay, Mahanaim is the place where Jacob retreated when he was trying to escape from Esau. He was trying to get away from Esau. He thought Esau was going to kill him. And so when Jacob saw the angels of God there, he named that place Mahanaim, which means two camps, or two camps or two armies. And so Jacob's camp and God's camp, the men and the angels, that's where the two armies came together. So he called it Mahanaim, two camps. But I want you to listen to Jacob's prayer now in Genesis 32 and 10. I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Okay, friends, I want you to look at Jacob's prayer. It it matches up with the way David prayed, okay. According to covenant, Jacob's prayer, he was looking for protection. He was calling protection from an enemy that was trying to kill him. Okay, he thinks Esau is coming to get him, so protect me, Lord. While he also called upon God, he said, "Fulfill the promise that you made with me." You saw where he said that. He goes, "You said you were going to make my descendants great number." So he's calling upon God, Lord, protect me, for God, you said that you've got to protect it you've got a covenant with me you had you told me you were going to do things with me so lord deliver me not just because i ask but because of your covenant lord god you said you would do all these great things so that's why i ask your protection jacob was calling upon god according to covenant now david's going through the exact same thing here in second samuel 17 David had an enemy trying to kill him. That was Absalom. And so David was also under a promised covenant of God. Okay? So I believe that the reason why David crossed over the Jordan to Mahanaim is because he was trying to express the very same thing that Jacob ex- expressed in his prayer. Deliver me from my enemy so that your promise to me will be fulfilled. David knows the covenant that's on him. And he's he's going there. Lord. Like Jacob, you said you were going to do all this stuff with me. So therefore, Lord, deliver me. How awesome it is that these two men, David and Jacob, who lived centuries apart from one another, they both conducted themselves in the exact same manner because they were both under the covenant of God. (laughs) And so when David arrived at Mahanaim, these three men who are listed here in verse 27, they gave great provision to David to help him because they could see the covenant that was on him. And so David actually got his uh, help from the Lord that he had asked for. But a lot of the reason, though, why these men willingly gave to him, there's a reason behind this. They didn't just pop out of nowhere, here you go. There's something else going on behind the scenes in this. There was great favor that David had shown to Saul's family in the past. You remember that? Not but just a few chapters ago. You remember how David gave all that favor to Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson? He gave him a staff to come work his land. And when you've got all these people involved, even from the staff, it trickled down to other people. The wealth came in, the prosperity came in from David giving all this land, all the produce. I mean, they made a good living. I mean, they had a lot. Okay, these men in verse 27 brought David a lot of stuff. There was a lot of successful productivity, a lot of good fruits that was given to Mephibosheth that ended up with all these people. And so this favor generated a lot of prosperity to those in Saul's line. And so now because David gave to them, now in his time of need, their sense of loyalty and obligation caused them all to come together and return the favor back to David. It's like that girl that was across the way trying to mow that two, three foot tall grass. She had given to me in the past. She let me park my car on her driveway when the floods hit. And so I felt obligated to give back to her. And I helped her get her yard done that she said she had never finished on her own because it was so bad. She gave to me first. And so I gave to her. So, as we saw today, Satan was working well in advance of 33 AD to try to eliminate Jesus, the Messiah, from ever being able to come to us. He was trying to thwart the covenant promises of God. But we've also seen today that God is incredibly good at keeping every single promise that he makes. That's how I can sleep at night comfortably, because the Lord God has given me promises through Messiah Jesus, and I've given my life to Jesus. Therefore, I know those promises will come to me, because God keeps those promises, eternal life being one of them. Keeping promises, that's easy for God to do. God can keep his promises. But for us, we need to learn how to trust God in those promises, okay? Just like how Jacob did. We need to learn how to pray according to covenant, like David did also. Jacob prayed according to covenant. We need to learn how to trust God so that we will learn to pray according to covenant. You can't just pray about whatever you want to and say, God, there." now you have to do that. No, he doesn't. God only has to do the things that he promised that he will do. We don't tell God, God, you're going to do this. Now jump through that hoop for me. What we do is we should know the covenant that we have been offered through the Lord and call upon that covenant and say, Lord, now help me to get through these times that I'm in so that your covenant promises will be fulfilled. That is what Jacob and David both prayed according to covenant. Jacob prayed according to covenant. David prayed according to covenant. In other words, They prayed according to the will of God for what they asked. I want you to look at John 16, 23. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father, in my name, he will give you. For those of you with your Bible open, if you don't have a Bible open, get it open. Hit the pause button or something and and go open your Bible and, and go to John 16, 23 and underline, highlight whatever you have to do where it says, in my name. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. I want you to understand, it does not say, whatever you ask the Father, he will give you. There's something in the way there. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, says Jesus Christ. You have to ask in his name, not according to yours. You see, most people today, they try to pervert this message to mean that they can ask God for anything that they want. And that God is just supposed to, hear. here you go, take it. That's what you ask, take it. and Go have fun. Have a jolly good time. And typically, the people that are asking God things like this, they're treating him like a little genie. Now, i rub the, the lamp and the genie comes out and give me my wishes. Now, after I get what I want, now, Jesus, get back down in that lamp and don't bother me until I need you next time. That's not how God works at all. That's not biblical whatsoever. When people that don't live in obedience to the Lord ask for things according to their will they ask wrongly. What Jesus said here is that you have to ask in his name, not in your name. This means that whatever it is that you're asking him for, you must have the intention of using it for doing God's will, not your will. You see the difference? Oh, Lord, give me a big house and a boat and a, a huge raise and give me all this title and power and position so I can be awesome and look great. I want to feel like a movie star or something like that. I just want, Lord to God, I just want to be comfortable. Uh, Jesus says you can't be his disciple unless you take up your cross and follow him. Hey, guys, can I ask you what's comfortable about a cross? A cross ain't comfortable at all. You want to follow Jesus for real? Okay, follow this. Hear, hear me. Okay. You cannot ask the Lord for things that you intend to spend on your own pleasures. Jacob prayed, Lord, deliver me from my enemy, which was according to the covenant that God had given Jacob. He prayed according to covenant. David prayed, Lord, deliver me from my enemy, because his asking was according to the covenant that God had already given him. That's the prayer that God is going to answer. The prayer that is in alignment with his promises, his will, not yours. Big difference. So for the things that you ask God for, before you ask anything of him, you must first understand the covenant that he offers to put over you. Jesus asked in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion, he said, Lord, if possible, let this cup pass from me, but not as I will, but by your will. See, Jesus just gave us a good lesson here on how to pray. That's how you pray, okay? You pray according to God's will, not your own. Our prayers have to match God's will. James 4 says that many people ask, but they don't receive because they ask amiss so that they can spend it on their own pleasures. You will never hear a prosperity pastor go into James 4 and cover that. If you ever do, let me know about it. I'll take you out to dinner and buy you the best steak you ever had, okay? You're not going to hear it from them, this asking amiss thing. Don't ask amiss. David didn't ask amiss. Hushai did not go into it amiss. They went according to covenant. Never anywhere does the Bible say you can ask for whatever. We must first know the terms of the covenant that we are under. That's why I gave you the terms of the Davidic covenant before I started this message. You've got to know the terms of the new covenant of Jesus Christ that we believers are under today so that the terms of your asking can be in alignment with God's will. You never ask for whatever, okay? God does not operate through whatever. God operates through prophecy. He operates through covenant which speaks of the terms of how he is going to uphold his covenant promises. God doesn't just say, okay, whatever. Now that I just said that we need to learn how to pray according to covenant, I think it's important for you as a believer in Messiah Jesus to know the covenant that you are under so that you'll know how to pray, okay? The covenant that the Lord offers you today is called the new covenant. It is a promise that God offers you that he will forgive all of your sins and save you from death and grant you eternal life through the grace that was given to us through Jesus Christ. He died for all that at the cross, okay? And by doing that, he will restore the relationship back that he wants to have with you. That's the new covenant that Jesus died for so that you could be saved. Now, for you to walk in this covenant, you have to forsake your old life and completely give your life to Jesus. If you have not given all of your life to Jesus, you have not given any of your life to Jesus. The people that will not follow Jesus, they are the people like Ahithophel that cannot recognize covenant. Christian, know the covenant you walk under and then focus your asking According to that covenant, both David and Jacob gave us a good example of what this looks like. We need to follow the same. Now, I want you to consider the fact of how Ahithophel used to be David's friend. Jesus also had a friend. His name was Judas. And Judas betrayed Jesus like Ahithophel betrayed David. Matthew 26 and 14. Then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. Guys, both Ahithophel and Judas sided with the enemy to plot their own king's death. Look at this also. Luke 22 and 3. It says, Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. See, David was betrayed by Ahithophel, and Jesus was betrayed by Judas. And when both Ahithophel's and Judas' betrayal of their king was complete, they both hanged themselves. Matthew 27 and 5. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed, and went and hanged himself. Let me show you what David wrote in Psalm 41 verse 9. It says, Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Now you know. At first, you might think this was David writing about Jesus. He was not. David was writing about Ahithophel in Psalm forty-one, but David's writing was prophetically speaking forward to what Jesus said at the Last Supper in John thirteen eighteen. It says, "I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen." but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Guys, this was at the Last Supper. Jesus spoke about Ahithophel betraying David at the Last Supper. And when Jesus dipped his bread at the Last Supper, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And then after Judas took the piece of bread, Satan entered him and Jesus said to him, whatever you got to do, you go do it quickly. And Judas took the bread, and he immediately went off to betray Jesus to the authorities who then came to have Jesus crucified. I wanted you to see the direct connection between Ahithophel and Judas, two men who, who tried to betray their king to have him killed, and when it didn't work out, they hanged themselves. I want you to also understand prophetic covenant, my friends. I want you to understand that your salvation is tied up in covenant. God has bound your eternal life in covenant. And when he says he's going to do something, he does it. Do you know the covenant that you walk in? Are you aware that you walk in covenant if you have truly given your life to Jesus Christ? If you're serving your own way, your own will, you're not in covenant. The new king takes out the old king. If you're still running your life your way on your own terms, you're like Absalom. Nope, my throne, I'm taking it. Doesn't work out too good, guys. (laughs) You got to know the covenant you walk in. If you know the covenant, and I gave you the new covenant terms, if you know the covenant, then you need to ask whatever it is you ask for needs to be, that asking needs to be according to covenant. It needs to be in Jesus' name, not yours. If you ask in your own name, that will put you in the same danger that fell onto both Ahithophel and Judas, who betrayed their king. Not right now, Jesus. I'm busy partying. Not right now. I'm busy trying to build up for me. I'm trying to build up my 30 pieces of silver so I can get rich, or I'm trying to build up my stature so I can be powerful. Okay, there's a lot of people doing that today. They're trying to build up them, themselves, their self-gain. That's going to cost you. It costs Judas and it cost Ahithophel both. Ultimately, thinking selfishly will cost you your life. John 12, 25. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Friends, this world will push you to be like Ahithophel. They tell you, that everybody out there, no, this is all about you. You deserve this. You should have this. You should have glory and all these wonderful things. It will make you into an Ahithophel. It will turn you into a Judas. I want the money. I want the power. I want the recognition. Everybody should listen to me. But let those who believe in Messiah Jesus as their king, may they learn to walk according to covenant, the new covenant of eternal life, offered to us by our covenant king, King Jesus. Friends, there's never two kings that rule over one kingdom. Before the new king can take over, the old king has to die. For Jesus to become your king, you must surrender your heart to him, your life to him, and you must die to self and let King Jesus take over. Then live your life according. To covenant. Christian, you carry the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. You need to stand up before people that are already against me, but have the boldness like Hushai did and tell them, and God can do the work of turning them. But friends, most people are too blind to recognize covenant. If only they could see the covenant upon Jesus, then the very manner by which they ask God for things would change. It would be different. Had Ahithophel been able to see the covenant upon David, he would have changed the way he asked for things. He would not have been against David. He wouldn't have asked for 12,000 men to go kill David. He would have said, you need to send 12,000 men to go tell David, come back in peace and get back on this throne. Friends, nobody's going to take the throne away from Jesus. But sadly, Ahithophel saw David as the enemy, not the covenant king. Friends, walk according to covenant. Don't look at Jesus as the enemy. He came here to save our lives for eternity, for an eternal kingdom, in that very kingdom that God promised to David. Walk according to covenant. Ask according to covenant. Pray according to covenant. And then live obediently according to covenant. You do that and the Lord will bless you. How? According to covenant, but you've got to be a blessing to others before you can get the blessing back. David was a blessing to Mephibosheth. And from that, the blessing came back. You can't receive the blessing if you won't be the blessing. I never do this, but I'm going to say it today because it fits and I'm not dressing you up to give a lot of money. That's not what I'm after. But this program does cost some money. If you go to setforliferadio.com, there's a donate button, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Be a cheerful giver. If he doesn't, then don't. I'm going to leave it with you. But if you want to be a blessing to others, God will bless that. It comes back more than you give. I'm just telling you the biblical equation. We saw it right here in the book. You want to be blessed? Be a blessing. But you can't receive it if you refuse to do it, if you refuse to walk in it. If it's just, oh, Lord, give me, it's not going to work. Don't be like a hithophel, Be a Hushai. And be ready to proclaim the word of the Lord to the people, even though the cards are stacked heavily against you, and even though everybody already has their mind made up against you. You know what you have to say, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, forgive me. I have sinned. I died to self. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. And come in and take over, my new king. I thank you for what you have done for me. I give you my life, all of it. Take over. I want to follow you. I want to obey you. I want to do as you say. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Walk according to covenant. Pray according to covenant. Obey according to covenant. It's a very blessed way to live. We will see you next time.